Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 26 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man and chat to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them. Coming up in this week's episode... I'm joined by two of the cast members of Taylorian Productions' upcoming production of A Chorus Line, which runs at the Gaiety Theatre from Saturday the 7th of August through the Saturday the 14th of August. On Sunday 8th of August, there will not be a performance of A Chorus Line, but instead, there'll be the latest of Taylorian's Sunday Night at the Gaiety events. As a chorus line is an adult company only, this Sunday Night at the Gaiety is focusing on showcasing the island's young talent, who, along with a few more experienced performers, will be bringing some well-known songs from the musicals, including Waitress, Adrian Mole, School of Rock, Aladdin, Six, Prince of Egypt, and many, many more. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. While you're there, make sure to subscribe, give us a like, rate and leave a little review and share with all your friends. You can also keep up to date with what's going on by following Manx Theatre Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Joining me now on the podcast via the power of Zoom are Liam Bean and Natalie Nixon, who are playing Bobby and BB in Taylorian's upcoming production of the Broadway classic, A Chorus Line. Liam, Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Neil. Hi. So, guys, nice to have you along. Are you uh, happy to have a bit of a break in your rehearsals at the moment? It must be pretty hectic. Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty full on. Um, I would rather not do it. Um, in complete isolation in my apartment for 10 days due to COVID. But, you know. Needs must. Needs must. I'm I'm just starting now 10 days in my in my house after being on Zoom for so long before I came back to the island. But it's been hectic. But, I mean, it's got to be done, doesn't it? Anything to get the show on. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, chorus line then. Um, for those who don't know anything about the show, what can you tell us about it? Um, so it's set in New York, and I think you just told me the date, actually. I think it was 1975. Yeah, um, and it, yeah. It's, it's basically about a group of actors who go for an audition to be in the chorus line of kind of Broadway's latest musical. Um, they get through the, in, the initial stages where they do the dancing, and then instead of doing an acting piece or a monologue, they're asked to talk about their lives by the director, and it's basically the story of all their lives, isn't it, Nat? And yeah, it's really interesting because it's not so much of a continuous plot. It's one of the first concept musicals that ever hit Broadway, so it's actually quite an important musical um, contextually. Um, but it's it's more of a you look into the lives of the people rather than about the the plot of who. You, it's not like a who's going to get the role. It's you just really fall in love with these people on stage, and as you look into how they've grown up and stuff so it's and and it's just so it talks about the industry at that time but it's so pressing as the same as it is like nowadays with obviously the pandemic and everything it hits so hard and I just think it's one that even if you don't know musicals like it's one that everyone really needs to see just to get a glimpse into the industry a bit and into the Mm -hmm. lives of the characters on stage it's got a bit of everything as well yeah it's it's sad in places it's really funny in places but like the dancing's great. The music's great. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a really, really great show. 
And it's based on true stories as well, isn't it? It's based on some interviews with real actors going yeah. through the whole yeah. audition process. Yeah, a lot of it is like it's a lot of it. A lot of the monologues and stuff like that are like verbatim from what happened with these workshops with these dancers when it was when it was just an idea. They got these dancers in a room and just started talking about their lives. And a lot of the monologues, for like example, Paul's monologue, which is Christian in the show, a lot of that is like verbatim, which is you know what they actually said because they wanted to really keep it as real as possible based on the actual lives of these dancers and the situation that they were in and. So they've captured that really well, I think, in the writing and in the music that it feels it feels real, which is very nice to see, I think. There's a great documentary on YouTube that um, our director got us to watch. It's the story of sort of how the show came about and the directors and the um, and the lyricists and stuff and about like what Natalie's just said, how they got these actors together who were all working in 1970s Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I think they were up all night just sort of sharing stories. They went from kind of, I think it was like six o'clock at night until six o'clock in the morning, just talking. And it was, it, it's a really, really interesting suit, like concept and show, definitely. Fabulous. The cast we've got is is pretty awesome, isn't it? There's there's a lot of people there that are both professional actors who are home working on the island. There's people like Natalie who are currently training, but are home. And uh, there's a few well-seasoned locals in there as well. Did you just call me old? <laughs> The I think well he said well seasoned. Was polite. <laughs> <laughs> well seasoned, like a good ham. I like that. I think um, wine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Um, I think because in the show, and Natalie will probably agree with me. There's a real, there's a real range in ages of the performers. So I yeah. think what's really nice is that we've all been picked as actors. To sort, you know, you've got Pete. So you've got Ollie Sykes. Ollie's what, 16, 17? 16, I think. Yeah, and then you've like right up until I think she'll kill me for saying this, but I think Lisa Kreisky's the oldest. I think um she's nearly 40, isn't she, Lisa? So kind of and then you've got obviously you've got Matt James, like Matt's Matt's playing the director, Zach. And he's, you know, and then you've got everybody in between. So it's like it's nice to see most of it, I think, is age appropriate to the actor. We were just having a laugh, weren't we, about the fact that I'm supposed to be playing a 25-year-old, which is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's really nice. If it hadn't been for COVID, I'd be still be in the, in the cast, but then at nearly 43, I'd have been the oldest. So <laughs> scary, scary how it wasn't that long ago that I was one of the youngest members of, of the cast. I know, it's I'm, scary. It's horrifying, isn't it? Yeah. The, the dad of the show is <laughs> scary. <laughs> Sorry, no, yeah. what were you going to say? Yeah, it's nice as well that, obviously, it's a horrible situation we've all been in this past this past year but the fact that we've managed to get people who we might not have would have had who yeah. have, people have been working people have like yeah. we've had to come back and we've now got this amazing team because it's such an ensemble show that we all have we all have about the same amount to do like it's not like one person's got more than another person and it's just the mm. fact that you've got professionals like working alongside just the like amazing local talent we've got and it's just such a credit, I think, to the Isle of Man to be able to pull together this such amazing team of people to make something that, and obviously it's come out of a horrible situation, but I just think it's really Dang. nice to pull it together out of out of the year we've had to make something so special with such a great group of people. I think it's really special. We were saying that kind of, um, obviously, you know, people like Georgia and Damien, they are they're professional working actors now and they would obviously rather not be here in, in a sense. But also, I think everybody's had so much fun. It's like 
Natalie's just said, it's been, we've made a really nice situation out of something that could have been really horrible. And I don't know whether you've ever worked with Georgia Maddox on a show, but it's a laugh a minute. So, <laughs> like, she's, uh, <laughs> she's probably the funniest person I think I've ever worked with on a show. She's hysterical. And not always for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> we love you, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a little bit of a, a movement with, with some of the cast as well. We've had a couple of people that have had to drop out for various reasons of myself with mm-hmm. COVID, but also Joey Hillard, who, yeah. I mean, bad news for the show, but great news for him. He's been taken back out to America because his, his cruise is, is back going again, isn't it? So it's yeah. nice to see that the some of the professionals have been able to get out, back out and back out to work again. Yeah, uh, no, it, it, yeah. We uh, we miss him, but we're um, but kind of Damien is also doing a brilliant job. Yeah. So it's like it's it, so it, it's bittersweet, but kind of um, but I think everybody who knows Joe is like is so fiercely proud of him because he's you know I remember when Joe came down to the operatic for the first time. I think he was the bellboy in Titanic. Yeah. And like he, he barely spoke to people. He was so shy, <laughs> and now he's like this this incredible actor, and he's he's doing Greece on on a cruise line, and he. His, his voice is so so insane mm. um but yeah everybody's proud of him yeah the show then it's actually runs in normal time really it runs over the actual sort of time that the audition period happens so we we see people right at the very start and i believe from an early conversation with chris and i don't know whether this is still the case or not but he's got people coming in with the audience and warming up in the yeah. auditorium yeah. don't give too much away oh sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> but maybe possibly i mean it probably isn't happening anymore so <laughs> yeah no i think i think that is still a plan isn't it Nat? yeah it's it's one of them with taylor and you never really know what <laughs> you go and you're, <laughs> you know you know taylor and are such a reputable company but there's there's always something new that you're not quite expecting so obviously there's not a lot technically you can do with this show but they from the get-go let's just say you're gonna feel really involved with yeah. it yes. and there's, part of the process and, yeah definitely and a lot of people might see sides to theater that they might not have seen previously if they've not actually been part of the world before mm-hmm. immersive yeah. matter but yeah leave, okay. leave them there. so the show is only running for one week isn't it because normally taylorian tend to take two weeks over through the through the summer holidays but this this show is only running for one week isn't it so we're going from the 7th to the 14th and yes. then there's sunday night at the gaiety on the sunday night Yes. yes. On Please. Sunday the 8th. On the 8th. Yes. Perfect. So, you've been you've done a few tailoring shows, haven't you, Liam? No, this is only my second one. The second one, is it? Oh, yeah. My, yeah, so my first one was um Sunset Boulevard. Oh, my favorite um, show where, over here. It, yeah, it was it, it was amazing. Um with the amazing Sarah and I played Manfred the tailor. Um <laughs> so I got a really cool number. The ladies paying, um, but yes. yeah. So it's this is my first ever show with Chris as a director. Mm. Um, I really, really enjoyed working with him. He's very, um, he's got a really sort of. It's the first time I've ever worked with a with a director who's younger than me. So it's like it's really, it's been really kind of um, interesting to work with somebody who's got a very young kind of fresh take on sort of putting a show together. Mm-hmm. He very much sort of. He gives you lots of direction, but he gives you kind of, he gives you options. Yeah. Makes it quite a collaborative affair. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. He wants, he wants you to work with him. He doesn't want to just tell you what to do. 
which yeah. I felt, which is really lovely, really freeing, and it's it yeah, it's just it, it's it's a lovely, lovely way to collaborate with somebody and work with somebody. No, I agree. He likes to some directors, and neither neither's better than the other, but some directors like to tell you what your character's like, whereas other directors like Chris want you to find out what your character's like for yourself. Mm-hmm. At like after one of their very first kind of calls we had, he sent us away with homework to go and write write down everything everything that's in the script like about your character. So like your given circumstances, but then he wanted you to really build it yourself and make those informed choices to fill in the background so that when you come to blocking and stuff, he goes, Well, why why do you think she said that? Or why why is she paused there? Why she said this? Rather than telling you and you have to say, okay, this is the answer. He wants he wants he pulls that out of everyone, which I just think is I, I really love working with him like that because yeah. it's just, like as Liam said, it's a lot more freeing and you really feel like you can understand your character more because you've made those choices from the information you've been given rather than just being told that this is how I want it. Yeah. It makes it feel like you're playing a character that you've developed rather than a character that you've been given. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important. And it's, Bobby has a series of monologues um, in one of the numbers and they're very funny. Um, But Chris has kind of helped me figure out what's kind of underneath all that and sort of why he's saying these things and why he, why he does what he does. And I won't give too much away, but yeah. So it's been it's been really cool. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. So anyone who knows Liam or follows him on Instagram or many other things will will know that that uh, that Liam <coughs> can normally be seen sprouting quite an impressive beard these days. However, <laughs> if you've seen his Instagram of late, you'll notice that he's trimmed it down to a rather interesting seventies porn star Tash. <laughs> I want to break free. Yeah. Like I said, is, is, um, this a, is this a life choice or is this for the show itself? Well, so what it was, um, I love, I love um, like sort of playing about with my appearance. I always have. And it was, it started off as kind of a joke in my head because I was watching, um, <laughs> I was watching Friends, you know, with Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> like and Magnum um, P.I. Magnum P.I., yeah. And I thought like that's, and I just made the connection between him and like Bobby is gay. So, but like, what what would a gay man in New York in the seventies look like? And I was like, he would look like Tom Selleck, and he would look like Magnum PI, and like the guy from um, the Village People. And I made the joke about it with the guys first on like our group chat that we've got. Yeah. And I wasn't totally serious. And then I approached Chris about it, and he was like, "I love it, do it." <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. And like, here we are. And now I have a mustache, and I kind of like it. It's very empowering. I feel very powerful. <laughs> Well, it looks it looks magnificent. Thank you. I thought so. <laughs> Natalie, any any um, changes that you've had to make for the show? He's growing um, a mustache as well. <laughs> yeah, no. So my mustache is just growing in, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I so I don't have to make any any changes really to my appearance. But I they did a practice on my hair a few, <laughs> few weeks ago, and it's. It's it's huge. <laughs> um, the whole point to my character is that, like, she her mom her mom's always told her that she's not pretty, that she's she's just different, she's not conventionally attractive, mm-hmm. and uh, so they that's my whole character shtick. And they thought, well, what actually happened was 
they'd come across the hair team had come across this hairstyle of these massive corkscrew curls that come out to about three times the size of your head <laughs> and they thought well whose hair's that gonna look nice on <laughs> and then we're like oh natalie will have that done it's perfect and it fits her character perfectly so it takes it takes over an hour with two people on each side of my head wow. but the result is fab so i'm not complaining <laughs> we're talking like full-on crystal tips are we uh, yes, you know, yeah do you know merida from brave yes that's me that's wow. me that's 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 a lot of hair it, it's a lot of hair considering how much hair i have as well like they really they really set themselves a challenge with it i don't know why they couldn't have, i don't know why they wanted them wanted to put themselves through that but they've made the decision so <laughs> a bit more spectacular than just tied back in a pony well that's a, <laughs> they could have just said nap put it in a ponytail and i'd have been like okay but no they got a whole team whole team for my hair so i get to sit and be pampered every other night hopefully <laughs> but make sure you're on time then i know <laughs> Add an hour to my getting ready time just for my hair brilliant okay so um let's let's get to know the pair of you a little a little bit more liam what was mm-hmm. the first role you ever had and what was it that that got you started in the first place um what got me started so the first role i ever played was um hartley the bandmaster in titanic the musical mm-hmm. which was the second show i ever did and that was with um the max operatic society um, the first show i ever did was disco inferno um, and that was actually thanks to um, Marie Quinn, ah. believe it or not, because we were on our, we went to college together to do hairdressing. Uh-huh. And she, her and all the girls came down because I was working at Guys and Dolls at the time. And I used to get up and like sing on the karaoke. And Graham always used to encourage me to do it because it, people wouldn't get up and um, God rest his soul, Graham. And people would kind of wouldn't get up until somebody else did it. So I was always yeah. the first one that was put on. You were the star. Uh, yeah, basically. So Marie and a couple of the girls from the hairdressing group came down and I got up and I sang. And Marie said, I didn't know you could sing. Why don't you come and do a show with the Manx Ops? I didn't know who the Manx Ops were. Hmm. Um, and so anyway, time passes. I'd forgotten all about it. And one day I'm sat in the house with my mom and we're watching TV and my phone rings and it's Marie. And she was like, where are you? And I said, I'm at home. And she was like, I thought you were coming to rehearsals. And I'd completely forgotten. And I said, I didn't know what, what she was talking about. And in typical Marie fashion, she says, get your ass down here. Um, <laughs> in, in that amazing way that Marie, the only Marie talks. And yeah, and that was it. I went down and like, I'd never looked back. And I think I was 19. Wow. I'm 33 now. So yeah. Gosh. Natalie, how about you? How did you get started? Well, I have actually been dancing since I was about two years old. I mean, my auntie teaches at Christine Wilde's. So right. I, I was begging literally from pretty much the time I could talk and walk I wanted to go to ballet and I wanted to be a dancer and that's what I wanted to do so my auntie managed to get me into dance classes like a year earlier than the rest of the kids because I wouldn't shut up and I was just so yeah I've been dancing from the get-go and then I started singing lessons and I started piano lessons and then literally anything I could sink my teeth into that was related to performing I wanted to do it my first show I was eight and it was Peter Pan and Panto with Dream Star and I was the youngest show and I literally I just remember my granny knows um Gary Chattel 
like quite well so and especially back then and so he told she my granny basically asked she said are you doing any pantos or anything my granddaughter really wants to be she she won't shut up she wants to be on stage <laughs> so then <laughs> so um then I found out about the auditions and I went and yeah I've kind of I've been in shows like ever since it's really my favorite thing to do everyone always jokes and says oh Natalie can't do this she's got rehearsals and I'm like do you know what that's my favorite that's my favorite <laughs> thing to do is sorry no I can't I've got rehearsals there are t-shirts <laughs> and mugs and bags you can get with that I know. <laughs> I know. And it really it really is a story of my life and I don't even I don't even mind because rehearsals are where I like rehearsals are my favorite place to be it's my favorite thing to do so yeah, yeah. exactly the same 100% yeah oh, yeah there are, there, are, there are many years in your life certainly you're in, through your 20s that just disappear when you're talking about something you say well which show was that that we were doing (laughs) you work out what year it is by what show you were doing yeah i can't remember what i had for dinner but i can probably still do some steps from west side story or i can i can remember a harmony from oklahoma or yeah Uh, oklahoma what a show what a show so natalie back in 2019 you actually went away to begin your training and you went to hammond I did, yes. Started my BA in musical theatre performance in 2019, and I'm going into my grad year <laughs> in September. Back in 2019, when no one had heard of of coronavirus. Oh, tell me about it. So, how did that how did that affect your course and and the way that you you trained? So, I remember it was in about March of 2020, and there's all of these rumours about coronavirus starting and everyone was just joking around going oh we're gonna get sent home we're gonna get sent home and then one day in March we literally did just get called into a room and said look go home like we we're, we have to close for a few weeks so yeah we're closing it was I it was like before Easter we were like we're probably gonna be back after Easter but just go home basically so we did and then obviously we didn't go back after Easter and all of my first year assessments got cancelled and I just got a free pass into second year pretty much which was obviously very generous of the uni to give that to us and then second year it was we went back in for a week of blended learning in September because Mm. you know that was going to be the new thing yeah you get some studio time you get some zoom time it's it's the future within a week about half of my year group had caught caught covid so they were like okay this isn't working so I literally had to do all my dance classes all my acting classes all my singing lessons all over zoom until March of this year and it was just crazy doing dance classes in my kitchen and acting yeah. scenes with act, trying to act in my bedroom with someone through the screen trying yeah. to act with them. and it's just it's been crazy and we normally a lot of the time at Hammond if we're doing singing we sing to the piano like we've got amazing pianists and they you know they play for us but and so if you know if you can't find a track for your song or if it's not in the right key they're wizards they just go it's okay I'll sort it mm-hmm. but obviously we've had to be singing to tracks on our side because of the lag on zoom and yeah it's been, it's been crazy and it's been it's been really challenging trying to stay motivated because you get that I mean I'm sure a lot of people working from home will feel the same but you don't have that difference of okay now I'm at now I'm at uni now is work time and now is rest time because I'm just in the same room all mm. the time but do you know what even even though pretty much my entire second year was on zoom like I can't I can't fault anyone because they've tried their hardest for us and we've it's one of those you get out what you put into it so 
I really threw myself into it because what else can you do? Do you know? I'm 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 paying this money to get this degree and yeah. if even the circumstances have changed, like and just even this year, like I've improved so much and we've had to learn how to do self tapes rather than in person assessments, which is actually a really key skill now that is gonna be used a lot going forward in the industry. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's been it's been a bit it's been hard, but I think we've all come out stronger from it because it's one of them. If you can get through that, yeah. you can get through just about damn near anything. Yeah, and and hopefully, you know, with the way that the 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 vaccines are rolling out, everything seems to be largely getting back to normal. Things are, are improving all the time. You know, shows are opening in the West End again now. So, yeah. you know, hopefully, it won't be be too much longer and everything's back to normal properly. I know. It's just. It's it's crazy. Like I watched the video of the Lion King cast from the West End come back together and sing the Circle of Life for the first time, and it's like, oh. it, like you people really underestimate how much theatre brings people together. I was sat sobbing sobbing my little heart out to it because it's just so special. Like everyone's everyone's missed it so much, and even if you're not even if you're not a performer, even if you're just even if you just like theatre and like watching it, like. It's it's been such a horrible year, and to finally see all that opening up again is just—I actually think it's quite magic to see what it does to people, what it does for people. Brilliant, Liam. I've just just yes. had a thought that um, there've been some auditions recently, haven't there? There have, yeah. <laughs> the Hunchback. Uh, yes. The, the Douglas Corrigan's production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame in we, March next year, March twenty twenty two. Yes. No, February. 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 Sorry. Yes. And you are the understudy for Quasimodo. I am. Yeah, it was a bit of a dream. Thanks, Nat. <laughs> um, a tiny dream, but uh, I've, yeah, I've wanted to play Quasimodo since I was 11. So, um, yeah, it's a really big deal. And it was um, an incredible audition process, really, really involved. And it was the first time I'd ever done an audition via kind of a workshop process. And it was, uh, I never wanted to do a normal audition ever again. It was, it was so kind of, it was, it was just a completely different atmosphere and it was so it's the only audition I think I've ever had where sort of like I feel like I've really learned something and walked away yeah and thought like oh right you know and you get to sort of like watch how other people do it and you know watch how other people interact it, it was just, it was really really cool really cool mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait to start so have you got some guaranteed performances in there or I have yeah I think I'm getting I, I'm getting two I think Brilliant. um yeah, I'm sure they said. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, David definitely said. He said I'm getting at least two. Um, so yeah, I'll be telling all my friends and all my family about when they are, so they can come and watch them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Um, if you've ever listened to the music of the Track of Notre Dame, it's just, oh, it's something else. Yeah, it's Alan Menken's like best work, I think, and it's um, you know they're they're having to have like a separate choir to sort of like beef all that sound out and it's it's going to be a real challenge like an incredible technical challenge i think but you know you've got david dawson at the helm and liz dixon and um sarah holland's going to be assistant director and it's the whole thing is going to come together it's going to be really gorgeous but it's it's so amazing i can't wait to do it brilliant fantastic whilst we're talking about auditions the manx operatic society have got their auditions for sweeney todd uh what a show what a fantastic i did it last time round. And I was having a conversation with Emma, my wife, the other, the other day, and we were saying, actually, it's we did that in 2004. So by yeah. the time it comes round next year, it'll be eight 
18 years since it was last on stage. You want me to I make a poll? <laughs> I was three in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to see it, you know, and it was, I remember being absolutely horrified by Tony Hawk's. Excellent. Um, blown away by Sarah. Um, I don't remember you at all. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I just, I remember the whole thing. It was such, it was such a spectacle and I'd never really seen anything like that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Really, really amazing. And I, I'm going to, I'm very excited to watch what sort of John does this time and yes. see, you know, the, what he does differently, what he might do kind of the same, what, yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to ask actually if I can go in the wig room with him. Yeah. And work on things because I did it for, Phantom, and it was yeah. amazing. I mean, Sweeney Todd was John's John Cumberledge's first show with the Manx Operatic Society, oh, and he's, and he's oh, back again this year for the first time in quite a few years. So, yeah, it was my my first introduction to John Cumberledge. It was it was uh, it was quite a learning experience. It was it was amazing. What a guy! What a guy. <laughs> so anyway, the Manx Operatic then they've got a couple of um, pre audition music rehearsals on the twenty fourth, twenty sixth, and thirty first of August, and also the second of September. And then on the 3rd of September, which is a Friday night, they're having a meet and greet with John Cumbridge down at their rehearsal rooms. And then the auditions then are on the weekend of the 4th and the 5th of September. So check out our Facebook page for information there. I think there's information due up in the next few days about audition pieces and things like that. So, so keep an eye on our Facebook page and we'll, we'll update you with that. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. So back to you guys. What have been your favourite roles that you've played over the years? Liam, you go first. Do you know... I was talking to my friend Dan Buckley, um, who's a professional actor about, and he's, you know, he's a working actor. He's done amazing work and he's played Elder Cunningham in Book of Mormon. Like he's a really, really amazing guy. And I was talking to him about some of the roles I've done over the years. And he's like, I'm going to vomit. He was <laughs> like, you've, you've done like the most amazing things. Cause I was having a chat to him about kind of the fact that, you know, I, I, I often wonder what my life would have been like if I'd gone and tried to do it professionally and, and, you know, what would have happened and how it would have been. And he said, you're literally living the dream. He said, you've got a steady job, he said, and then you also get to play all these amazing roles. And we always all say, don't we, that we're all so lucky on the Isle of Man, the stuff yeah. we get to do. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, the point I was making was I've played, I've been so lucky and I've played so many amazing ones. Like I've played Danny in Greece and Edna in Hairspray. And- oh, yes. Like I've been, I was Tommy and Tommy. Mm. Um, so I, I can't, I genuinely can't pick one. Like I really can't. They've all been so amazing for so many different reasons. But um, Edna definitely stands up there 100%. Certainly so one of my favourites. Yeah, you get to parade around the fat suit and a dress. Like it was, and <laughs> you know, to play alongside John Cashin as well. Like he would, I could not. I, I cannot express to you how much fun that was because he he made it so much fun and he threw himself into it so much and it was it was really really great. But yeah, Tommy and Tommy and Danny and Greece, um, yeah, so many. Brilliant, Natalie. How about you? What was what's been your favourite role? Well, I my favourite role was one I hadn't actually heard of when the show came out. It was in Thoroughly Man Millie and it wasn't a show I knew very well and I got cast in the role of Dorothy. And, you know, it was it was actually it was my first like proper, proper role. So it stuck with me for that. But also just 
the whole experience of that show, I made so many like lifelong friends in that show. That's a show I properly became friends with Christian and I met Josh Molyneux and he's obviously off now training and like Lois is in the show. And, you know, it was just, I was about, I was about 15 at the time and I just, I, I just loved every part of the character of the cast of the show. It's one of my favorite musicals ever really is Throw Them On Millie and also I just I had the most gorgeous costumes in that show like I I truly felt like a million dollars on that stage and I just I just loved everything about her really brilliant yeah what would you be your dream role then what's what's the one role that's that's the top of your bucket list that you have to play I know this one Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street oh that's the one that been that been on the list for a long time has it yeah absolutely it's it, it's an it's one of the old school ones which i just love i i've got my heart is in the old ones but she's a tapper and tap has always been my favorite my strongest dance style and then my one of my tap teachers at hammond she was actually dance captain for 42nd street in in the in germany wow. um so she's taught us like taught us choreography from the show and it's just I just love every time I learn something new from it or learn something new about it, I fall in love with it even more. And I just think that's, that's the one that's, that's my dream is Peggy 42nd street. Awesome. Liam, what's top of your bucket list? My dream. Well, do you know, Quasimodo was my dream role. Uh Um, It really was. But now that I know I'm going to play it, probably my other one, I went to, um, I don't know whether you've heard of her before, Lisa Kreisky. Um, I think I'm I'm vaguely aware of her we went um, a couple of years ago we went away to London for a trip together and we watched um, the revised production of Company Mm. um, which has always been a big favourite of mine and they changed the role of Amy to Jamie um, and he gets to sing Not Getting Married Today um, and when I watched that production, I said, because Lisa obviously has her own production company, I was like, please put this show on. I was like, please let me play that role. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and he has like this really gorgeous emotional moment after the after this number. And it's such a fun song. And um, I'd love to play Jamie in like the revised version of Company, definitely. Agendas, yeah, and there was, yeah. they they played around with, with genders quite a lot in that show, didn't they? Because they switched Bobby from, from a male to a female as well. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about it because yeah, Natalie's gonna Natalie um, sang one of the songs. What? Which one did you sing? So for my audition for Chorus Line, I sang "Marry Me a Little" from Company, which is one of Bobby's songs. It comes at the end of the first act, okay. and then they've now asked me to sing "Being Alive" in Sunday Night at the Gaiety as well. So Brilliant. I love I love Company. I think it's a great I think it's a great show. Amazing. I think I think regardless of the genders of who's playing what, I just think it's I think it's incredible. It was um, it was incredible to I think it, because I think the the way it was originally put together. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent now about company. Sorry, <laughs> the the premise of a young man being single, living his life, doing whatever he wants, isn't something that's really sort of questioned by society anymore. Whereas yeah. it was in the 1970s when it originally came out, but it is definitely something that's questioned of a woman. Yeah, and I think that I think the idea to turn Bobby into a woman was genius. Absolutely genius. It just made the show so much more kind of appropriate and modern and sort of, yeah, it, it was, the whole thing was incredible. Absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Okay, then. 
which was the part that you were born to play? So what's what is the part that either is, is most like you, or do you think that you could just slip straight into? I know. I'll mine. let Natalie go first. I'll let Natalie go first. Mine is Katie in Mean Girls. Um <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the thing, I've always had this, um, especially my friends at uni, um, we have this joke that I am her, basically, because I come from I come from a different country. Well, when I'm in England, it's it's different. <laughs> South Africa. I'm actually very, very good at maths, which is one of her main things. So that's it. And I'm hopeless with boys. So it's kind of actually well, a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. And it's just, I even before it was a musical, I was like, this is this is my character when when it's Lindsay Lohan in the movie. But even when it became a musical and I was like, God, she's got these great songs. They're just, oh, it's just perfect. It's just my... Even your hair's the right colour as well. Exactly. Even I, I even look like her. They wouldn't even have to put a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. I did, so we used to work in the Manx Ops with a wonderful man called Scott St. Martin who was a part of the original West End cast for Lacage. Mm-hmm. And I would love to play um, Alban from Lacage because I really think I would I would do it quite well. And I, the, um, my first introduction to the story was Birdcage. Yeah, what well, a fantastic film. Oh, incredible film. Have you ever seen it, Natalie? No. <laughs> Please, oh, you've oh. got, you've got, to, no judgment, but you've got to watch it. You've, you've got, got to. to watch it. Um, oh, and Nathan Lane that. plays... Nathan Lane plays the Alban role, and immediately when I saw it, I identified with him. He's overdramatic, he's emotional, <laughs> um, campus tits. Like, it's, um, it, it's I, 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 I'm probably, Scott has told me quite recently that I'm still a bit too young. So, like, he's, he's supposed to be in kind of his late 40s, early 50s, but I, I would die to play it, die to. Like, I'd love to. Maybe in another 15, 20 years, the Alban will be ready for it as well. Well, well, I think the Almond's are ready now. You know, yeah. we've had our first Pride Festival and, you know, it's something as well that I think is really lovely about company. I think when Natalie and I are talking about it, like there's a lot of them, there's three gay men in in the in uh, the characters, sorry, in, in yeah. the chorus line. And, you know, and the show does not shy away from their sexuality whatsoever. No. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, kind of whether the you know whether they're using my character who's quite camp and he's quite funny, Peter's character who is also camp but kind of he takes himself quite seriously. And then uh-huh. you know I was saying before that um, a chorus line's got a bit of everything. Like there's pathos in it, but there's comedy. And Christian Christian Cooper plays um, Paul, who's quite a tragic character, and he's a young gay man. And Christian's incredible, isn't he, Natalie? Like oh he, my gosh, he plays this. If you if you buy a ticket to watch a chorus line, right, just to watch a Christian Cooper play this role, like he's incredible, like he's amazing. It's worth and the ticket yeah. price itself. Oh, absolutely. oh, honestly, Neil, he's he's what twenty? He makes me sick. He's <laughs> oh, the boy is like overflowing with talent, and yeah. what makes it worse is he's also really lovely. Yeah, like, uh. he just <laughs> likes him. He, he plays this role with like such a level of sensitivity and emotional maturity that a twenty-year-old just shouldn't have. Yeah, um, and he breaks my heart every time he does the monologue that he does in it mm. in the middle of it, and it's, yeah. it's so good. He's Christian is worth money on it by himself. 
I second that. I second yeah. that. It's, it's massive. The, it's, the monologue is it's really long, but you're watching it. Huge. It's 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 a mammoth of a monologue. It's mm. so challenging, and he's he does it. Oh, it's with such like sophistication and like yeah. nuance. It's it's insane, and he, even though it's long, it's not one of those like you sat there and thinking, oh my god, like <laughs> when's it gonna end? It's, yeah. It's, yeah not that at all you're so it's so gripping and it's one of the most like somber moments in the in the show and oh it's just it's just beautiful and as i said that in itself is worth the ticket price because Uh, absolutely and and whilst whilst we're talking about it i mean i know there hasn't been a an age range that's that's been put on it but i think i think there are some fairly adult maybe grown-up things yeah. discussed within the show so yeah. it might not be might not be suitable for the younger not, yeah, ones yeah it's, it's but... not for the kids yeah it's not for the kids this one yeah which is i think is quite nice because we just had shrek and we've had kind of um chick chick bang bang a couple of weeks a couple of years ago taylorian and you know um singing in the rain is quite family friendly so i think it's i think it's really refreshing to watch them do something a little bit gritty and yeah. i think chris has really enjoyed that as well as a director from what he's told me Something to get so, us yeah. deep into. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, okay. not for the kids. Don't yeah. bring your nan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only bring your nan if she's very good natured. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Has a sense of humour because... Uh, yeah, it's make funny. sure she's had a drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nan might need a drink before she comes. Yeah. So, so thinking of the show then, with it, with it being set in an audition and a dance audition there's going to be some interesting 70s dancewear i would imagine so what yeah. are the best and or possibly worst costumes that you've had to wear over the years when i was in when i was in little mermaid there was a little a little scene at the end where we had to dress up as like other disney princesses and i was snow white and i have and i had to wear Oh, sorry, Jude, if you're listening to this. But that Snow White wig that I had to put on my head was the worst thing, was the <laughs> worst thing I've ever had to wear on stage was that wig for the for the two minutes I was on stage as Snow White. I hated it. <laughs> At least it was only two minutes. <laughs> I know, thank God. I've probably dropped out the show. <laughs> well, after saying that, it was one of my favorite roles. It is. It, it was one of my favorite roles, but the fat suit in in hairspray. hairspray. Well, oh my god, oh my sweet lord! Like it was. And you've both done shows with me now. I am the sweatiest woman in showbiz. Like I really <laughs> am. And like it's. Um, I was like I. I'm so bad on I under those lights. Like it's it's something else. So kind of you can imagine this thing that's made of oh. foam attached to my body underneath those lights dancing and it like it was the smell was ungodly by the end of the week like it was absolutely unreal and we couldn't wash it so it had to just be like hung up and like left for the sweat to dry into it and it was it was monstrous absolutely disgusting but it was standing up by itself by the end of the week from what i heard it was yeah yeah it just walked (laughs) itself out it was helping like it was helping with the get out by the end of it um but yeah horrendous Okay, then so this one, this the next one is probably the last one, really. Um, this is our gender swap question. So this often has some some interesting answers, or it causes some people a little bit of difficulty about what they they're, they're going to go for. So, which role would you most like most like to play of the opposite gender? Natalie, go first. 
Right. So I'm kind of torn between two. <laughs> so my my serious answer, I'd love to play like Evan and Dear Evan Hansen, something mm-hmm. like that, something really like you know quite gritty you can get your teeth into it'd be a serious play but then on the other hand something really butch like gaston in beauty and the beast i just (laughs) fun to do that to do a song me yeah like i just uh, because i'm i'm a very feminine girl so just to have the chance to be able to completely turn that on its head and go for something like one of the manliest butch men roles <laughs> that I think of <laughs> I can think of is Gaston in Beauty and the Beast and I just think I just think it'd be so fun I th- just think it'd be so funny perfect Liam um mine would be it would have to be Mama Morton in Chicago mm-hmm. um mainly because I already know I can sing sing the tits off the song because I've done it um, but also <laughs> because I remember when we were doing a show with Anthony Williams and he told me that a production that he'd done of it, he had Betty Legs Diamond from um, Funny, Funny Girls, Girls play Mama Morton. And I, I was like, oh, my God, the possibility opened up in my head. Yeah. And I was like, so I think one day, like, this is for anybody that's listening that wants to put this show on. I think it would be a really cool premise. Your <laughs> 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 production of Chicago, please ask me. But yeah, probably that or... Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, no, probably that. Brilliant. Okay, so moving on then. Just every year ago, we launched our Spotify playlist. uh, And the idea was for us to create the ultimate musical theatre playlist. Neil King and myself, we put 10 songs each in to uh, get the, the playlist started because we want a decent amount of songs in there. And we pick songs that either we've sung or have been shows that we've been in or, or something that, that just meant something to us. So since then, we've asked people to add... Everyone that's come onto the podcast since then, we've asked them to add a song to the playlist. Now, some of the highlights that we've had are... We've had Emma Callan chose West Side Story Overture because she wanted something from West Side Story, but couldn't decide which. So Overture has everything. Why not? Let's go for it. Ian Dixon chose Who I'd Be from Shrek the Musical. Tony Eccles chose When I Grew Up from Matilda. Uh, Lewis Kelly chose Waving Through a Window from Dear Evan Hansen. Joe Hillard chose Me in the Sky from Come From Away. So, Natalie... I know you had a little bit of trouble with this to begin with. I did. I completely misunderstood the assignment. But (laughs) But some of your choices, and they were good choices as well, actually, but some of your choices were already on the list. So tell us about your initial choices and the reasons for choosing those and then give us your your addition to to the list that you come up with. Right. So my initial choice was Wait For It from Hamilton because it was my second most played song of 2020. It got me through. I did the first lockdown in my uni halls, I did locked, I did all of September to Christmas in my uni halls, and it was genuinely the song that just like really kept me going. Like I, I just, I just love it. I think it's it it builds you. It's the perfect song for every mood. When you're sad, wait for it from Hamilton. When you're happy, wait for it from Hamilton. I just, I just think it's great. But somebody'd already picked it. Sorry, so, yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for that. Um. But my actual choice is from a musical called 35mm and it's based on a um, a series of photographs and it's on the premise of not only can a picture tell a thousand words but it can tell, like, it can make a song. And um, so the song is called Immaculate Deception and it's 
um it basically was one of the songs we did as a year group in my first year of training and it was our main one of our main production pieces and it was the it brought us all together as a year group and when i tell you it'll stick in your head for weeks and weeks and weeks on end and it'll never leave i mean it but it's it's pure vibes the song and it just it means a lot for me because i you know a lot of my closest friends i'm training with at the moment and i just it brings us back to rehearsing that as as a group and i just i just absolutely love it and it's a bit weird and it's not a musical i'd heard of before and i'm sure a lot of people feel the same but it's a great it's a great song and it's just i just love it I mean, this is one of the things that I love about this podcast and asking these questions to, to, to certainly to, to the younger members that, that, that come on is that you know, they've got their finger on the pulse. They're knowing all the new shows because they're being introduced them through their training at university. And I've, I've come across so many new shows over the last couple of years with this. It's been, it's been brilliant. So 35 millimeter, I'll certainly be giving that one a listen and we'll add that onto the list. Liam, what's your choice? So I've already spoken about it. Um, uh, it's not getting married today from um, the 2018 um, cast recording company. And it's sang by the character Jamie. And it's about, he's about to marry his um, fiance. And it's a song about kind of the premise of being a husband and kind of his fear of commitment and his fear of kind of losing himself by becoming somebody's husband. You know, so and it's um it's a really, really funny song, but it's when you delve into the lyrics and when you delve into sort of like why he's singing that, it's it's a song about kind of fear and about losing yourself. And um it's yeah, it's it's probably my favorite song from the show. Um and again, a part that I would absolutely love to play. So that's why I picked it. Fantastic. Right. So Liam, Natalie, thank you very much. So a chorus line then. It's at the Gaiety Theatre from the 7th to the 14th of August. Tickets yes. are obviously on sale right now from the Gaiety Theatre, the Ville Marina, the Welcome Centre, 600-555, all the usual places where you can get your tickets from. So get your tickets now and don't miss out. Liam, Natalie, thank you very much. We wish you all Thanks, the very Chopper. best of luck. Thank uh, you for having us. And we will see you and speak to you again very, very soon. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. And with that, we bring episode 26 to a close. Thanks once again to Liam and Natalie for joining me on the podcast, and we wish them all the very best for a chorus line. As previously mentioned, unlike previous years where Till Orange shows have run for two weeks, a chorus line is only running for one week, so get your tickets now to avoid disappointment. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. And don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast under Playlists. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for me to say thank you for listening and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast. Taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Oh, me.